0: Hello everybody, my name's Darren and I write a blog called The Demon's Voice, it's about movies and shit like that, you can find it at demonsvoice.blogspot.com and also on Twitter at Voice, of which you definitely follow me because why the fuck not. Anyway, we're talking about Joker today, from the auteur that is Todd Phillips, director of the Hangover trilogy and some other shitty movies starring Robert Downey Jr. Uh, I mean, I'm already sick of people telling me it's the greatest movie they've ever seen because it's, it's not. I mean, I'm not, I don't think it's shit the way other people do, it seems to have split people, but it's not the best fucking movie of all time, like seriously. Um... Anyway, the only thing I didn't mention in the blog that you'll be hearing in a second is... uh, I mean, it's just to show, how clever I am, really. Uh, When they leave the cinema at one point in the movie, there are two posters on the, you know, being advertised, two movie posters being advertised, one of which is Excalibur, which is irrelevant, I mean, I think that connects it to the Batman vs Superman movie, because I think, was Bruce Wayne's parents killed seeing Excalibur in that movie? But the other one is Blowout, I'm sure it was Blowout, which is the Brian De Palma movie with John Travolta, and I think that that is there, because Blowout, if you've seen it, is essentially one big horrible joke, like the whole movie builds to a sort of nasty punchline, I mean, I love Blowout, I'm not criticising Blowout, and this Joker movie is kind of the same in that it is also, you know, one hour and fifty minutes of setup for for you know ten minutes of kickoff. Anyway, that's just me being smug. Uh, I'll read you my blog now, I guess. If that was boring, then uh, sorry about that, but fuck yeah, can't help it, can I? Anyway, enjoy. I went to a stand-up club the other day in which people who weren't famous were allowed to jump on stage and try out their new material. One such character was a young man with blacked-out eyes, a beating stick, and a hand-puppet. He said his name was Linda. I remember this because he opened with a three-minute song in which the only lyrics were Linda's coming out to play, which were repeated over and over again. He then used the hand-puppet as an excuse to sexually assault one of the men on the front row. If I'm honest, it was probably the most terrifying few minutes of my entire fucking life. Not a bad night out, though. In many ways, this entire experience is sort of what I think the new Joker film was going for. Both Linda and the Joker film involve a mentally ill person expressing themselves through comedy as the audience sits on the edge of its seat and watches a psychological fucking breakdown take place. I suppose that the difference is that nobody is suggesting that Linda might be worthy of any future awards and I'd also be pretty surprised if anybody cited her as an influence in their upcoming fucking shooting spree. Despite nobody having asked for it, the world has now delivered a Joker origin story from the Hangover director Todd Phillips, and that has nothing to do with the DC Extended Universe. So this is nothing to do with the Ben Affleck Batman films that we've been getting, and supposedly nothing to do with the Robert Pattinson Batman films that we're about to start getting. It's pretty much just its own little thing. All alone. Nothing else around it. A loner. Just like most of the sad bastards that are no doubt about to start wanking on about how good it is. Here, Joker lives alone with his mother, misunderstood by everybody around him, angry at how the world has treated him, and ready to start fighting back. He is a poster boy for all of those grubby little incels and future mass shooters that are sat at home with nothing but their furious rage and their untouched chipolata boners. If you're the kind of person that hated Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman because their vaginas made you feel insecure about being the pussy that you are, then Joker is the movie for you. But just because the wrong kind of people are about to like a movie or even use it as a justification for their real-life violence doesn't mean that movie should therefore be condemned, right? A friend once complained to me that he had a sore finger, to which I asked what had he done. He told me that he'd put it in a pencil sharpener and then twisted it. It's incredible how quickly you can lose sympathy for a person at times and so I just told him to be grateful that he hadn't tried to do that with his dick instead. The point is though, that as with a movie that has been appropriated by a violent or unjustly angry mob of online village idiots, it'd be unfair to blame the fucking pencil sharpener. On March 30th 1981, John Hinckley Jr. decided to pop a bullet into the lung of the then-president Ronald Reagan because of his mad bastard obsession with the movie Taxi Driver. I mean, it's a good movie to be fair, but I think I just celebrated having seen it by having a cup of tea and a fucking cupcake. I told my friend about how great my night had been because of this, to which she told me that I needed to get a blowjob. Nobody blamed the film for Hinckley's demented plan, though, because you'd have to be a fucking Fruit Loop to begin with to view its deranged lead character as being an aspirational figure. I do like his vagina-style haircut, though, to be fair. Uh, Ta- Travis Bickle's obviously, not Hinckley's. Fucking hell, if your vagina looks like Hinckley's haircut, then perhaps sort it out. The end of that movie is also specifically designed with an ambiguity that implies its crazy old main character might actually still be lying in a pool of his own blood and fucking dying. So if you're a deranged psychopath that's tooling up for a kill spree after watching your favourite movie, then you know, check the fucking subtext, dipshit. By contrast, my issue with Joker is that at no point does it really do anything to counter the view of its crazed lead character. When we're introduced to him we feel sorry for him because of how badly the world has taken a collective dump onto his face. As he uses this self-pity to begin committing his various atrocities, though, a sane person will feel repulsion because we know that what he's doing is abhorrent. But, if you start from a position of identifying with him, then the film absolutely glorifies his actions to the point that it more or less concludes with him being worshipped in a Christ-like pose. Although, with Trump and Johnson as the current American president and British prime minister, I suppose I shouldn't be too surprised to see people worshipping a fucking clown right now. Interestingly though, this idea of putting Joker on a pedestal might in fact be one of the few valid defences of the movie. There's no doubt that over the decades people have taken to liking the character and even rooting for him to commit as much anarchy as possible. This is especially true of the incel community already. It's not hard to see why either when you consider quite how anti-establishment he is as well as being free from the burden of giving a solitary shit about anything. He's like Bill Murray if Bill Murray stopped turning up at random people's parties and having fun and just started fucking murdering them instead. The issue of this idolization of Joker is completely forgetting the fact that he's the fucking bad guy. The people that he kills are usually innocent victims, and the sole focus of his obsession is a rich man with a fetish for fucking latex. The argument in defence of the film is that it shows this man to be nothing more than being a pitiful piece of shit that couldn't possibly be idolised by anybody, and then asking, is this really who your hero is? The downfall of this argument, of course, is that by depicting him in this way, you've accidentally just made him relatable, and sympathetic to the kinds of people that you're trying to make your point to. There's also no doubt that when the Joker starts killing all of the people that have wronged him, the film doesn't exactly condemn this sad little man as much as unleash him. It shows no negative consequence to his violent actions, and even puts a woman that won't sleep with him in the same evil bracket as the crueler people that make fun of him. You can almost hear the greasy fapping of the incels as they stroke themselves stupid as the film goes on. Of course, none of this is being helped by director Todd Phillips, who has spent most of the film's press tour whining like a little fucking bitch about how woke culture has destroyed comedy. Although in a year that fellow director Taika Waititi is releasing Jojo Rabbit, a comedy set in Nazi Germany in which he'll be playing fucking Hitler, I'm not sure quite how true this is. I think that what Phillips means is that he's no longer able to have every single punchline simply be the word fag, in which case, fuck him. But even lead actor Joaquin Phoenix had to walk out of an interview when asked about whether the film might inspire real-life violence, because the question apparently just hadn't occurred to him. So I'm not saying that the film is directly pandering to these incels and mass shooters intentionally, but rather that it's just too fucking dumb to have seen what it was doing itself. If we ignore all of that though and treat the film as a single piece of art in which the views of its makers are irrelevant, and the action of its fans completely separate, I suppose the real question is simply, is the film any good? To which the answer is, yeah I guess so, it's okay. Although, that's a lot of caveats that we've had to include to be able to enjoy it. It grounds a comic book character in a completely real world in the way that Unbreakable did, and better, almost 20 years earlier. It has a good performance from Phoenix at the centre, although I'd argue that he was way more nuanced and impressive as the traumatised hitman in last year's You Were Never Really Here. And it's also nice to see a modern day movie pay tribute to Scorsese's underrated masterpiece, King of Comedy. Even if this tribute doesn't seem to realise that the celebrity-obsessed lead character in the film was actually the fucking villain. Of course, it'd be nice to read this back in years to come and discover that nobody had subsequently hurt anybody and claimed it as their inspiration. And even if that does take place, the real cause will be the individual involved and the failing of both gun control and mental health care, and not that of the film. The latter point regarding mental health is even something that is constantly referenced in the movie, although it does then unfortunately also propagate the notion that a mentally ill person is only a few missed pills away from going berserk and fucking capping people. I agree that mental health services need more investment and applaud the film for highlighting this fact, it's just that it's a point that is slightly undermined by then reveling in Joker's cathartic murders as he does a celebrity dance to the pump-up fun-time tunes of Gary Glitter the glam rock nonce. Joker is a well-made film and I'd be lying if I said that I'd hated it, but it's fully let down by its muddled, if not slightly problematic, message. I fucking love Raiders of the Lost Ark, but if there was a moment in which Indy turned to Marion and stated, you know, I kind of admire these Nazis, and then the movie continued unchanged and that was never referenced again, you'd still feel pretty uncomfortable as a result. That's even if he was only referencing their dapper uniforms, and not the mass fucking genocide. At the very least, you'd still wonder why it'd thrown them any kind of bone whatsoever. Well, that's pretty much what the joke was like for me, except it's not actual Nazis It's raising a knowing eyebrow too, but online ones I haven't felt the inside of a fucking vagina since their own fucking birth. Thanks for listening, motherfuckers, and see you next time.